You are now listening to the AFL brand. Where we talk interesting stuff about almost everything. Business, family, health, self-awareness, success, marketing. All here on the AFL brand podcast. Welcome What's to- good, mate? <laughs> messing up, messing up niggas intro. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the AFL Brand Podcast. Uh, super excited to get back on. Uh, you know, I, I had a, a few girls on the other day and we were talking about my goal to to get back into the daily podcasting. I, I just think, you know, throughout every day, I mean, you think about your day and you're having, whether it's conversation with clients, whether it's conversation with people generally, uh, valuable conversations that your audience, that people who are your potential audience would benefit from. Mm. And, you know, uh, just in conversation with, 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 with our guests today, uh, just in our interactions together, which are very, very informal, oftentimes nuggets are being dropped. Um, and so I wanted to get him on the podcast, really, really admire his, uh, his uh, success. And I know he has a lot more success to achieve um, really impressed with his business acumen and and uh, uh, technical uh, technical uh, uh, knowledge, um, and so glad to have him on. Very excited to hear his insights on on different topics. We'll just bounce around for a bit, talk about business, talk about life, talk about marketing, uh, and so without further ado, we have as a guest on the show today, Travis Miller. Thank you very much, brother. Appreciate you. Yes, like we always talk. In passing, yeah. but it's good to like sit down for like an extended yes. period of time to have a conversation. Yes. yes. Hope is a weapon, eh? Yes. As I wear this shirt more times than not. Yeah, I don't have to iron it. So <laughs> I just... you you wear a shirt under this? Do you, you oh, sometimes yeah, yeah, go bareback yeah, yeah, yeah. today? I know, so I don't I don't do bareback in this. I can't do this. No, not in this. You can't do the barebacks with the ones you left. Like, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got you. Pun <laughs> intended. Um so so, so, Travis, tell us a little bit about your background. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I saw, and, and again, well, well, we'll get into where we are. Yeah. But, but one of the first videos I saw about you was you kind of telling the audience your background. Um, and I'm oftentimes curious about how, what, what clicks in someone that they think, okay, I'm owning my own business. I'm not going to work for someone. Mm. And so let's go back to maybe school. Let's go back to to that. Mm. Let's start from who you were in school. What was your first kind of entrepreneurial uh, uh, ambitions, executions, mm. uh, and let's go from there. Right. So I think I, I'll always go back to like the high school ages, but I'll always preface it by saying I was always interested in technology, right? Um I wouldn't even necessarily say back then, in my earlier years, I was entrepreneurial, but I did like to invent or I did like to tinker and like build things, right? And to a degree, that's what entrepreneurship really means to me in terms of designing something. Uh, It just depends on how you really activate that to like live or how to make money and stuff like that. But I was always interested in technology Mm -hmm. Uh, from an early age. uh, My father... Uh, owned an auto mechanic uh, business, my, and my brother worked there as well, too. He took over the business eventually. Okay. okay. Um, at some point, I was going down that path, too, but I stuck down the technology. But even like when I was young, after school, just taking like parts 
and really? just trying to like put parts okay. together or like tinker and learn a little bit from that. So always interested in tech, always interested in like taking apart and putting together different components. Uh, towards the end of high school, it really got focused more on the computer side of things uh-huh. uh, and really stuck that route in terms of technology. After I graduated college, study management information systems. Not, no, let's, let's, oh, let's pause. Yeah. High school still. Boy. Right. So there must have been kind of a computer techie interest prior to. Um, yes, but again, out of my own thing, like I wish... Back then, like we have now, we had more things in school, like coding classes mm. or like technology workshops that just wasn't around back then. Right, right. All I had was like Tech TV. I don't know if you remember Tech TV or no. like G4 TV. It was like I remember G4, yeah. right? It was on that station. Like I was just, every time after school, I would go and watch like tech and they had the show on it called Screensavers where they would like break down computer hardware and stuff right, like that. Right. And, and again, like through, um, when I went to... Uh, our auto shop after school, we had a computer and mm-hmm. I messed around with that more than I was yeah. outside. So like naturally I learned how to like type in doc uh, or like to do paint. Yeah. Uh, and I just stuck around that interest and tried to learn a little bit more like piece by piece. Right. Uh, and yeah, I kind of went from there. Okay. Yeah. So you're, you're in 12th grade now. Yes. When, when does the impetus say, I, I think I'm going to do something in, in uh, computers. So I think the impetus came around, um, I, get at, I guess, at that point, being exposed to it early, I was proficient in it to mm-hmm. a degree, even to the point in 12th grade, like I was taking notes on like a, a Palm Pilot. Okay. Like, and everybody's like, what the hell is he doing yeah. Like, yeah. with the SD card and everything? Yeah. Um, and I think I was proficient in it. So it made sense. I like, after talking to my mom, like, what do you think I should do? Is like, oh, you always were good in technology. Maybe you should do that. I was like, okay. So I started looking at computer science courses. Right. Um, but then I saw this particular school I really liked. They didn't have a like a full computer science, but they have management information systems. Okay. Which is computer science technically in the business school. It's like, okay, I don't. Uh, I guess my family owns small businesses. Maybe I can learn something business related too. But right. I really primarily did the technology. So I ended up choosing management information uh, systems. And then going from there. Okay. Where'd you yeah. go to school? University of Tampa. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've never been to college, but I'm often of the belief that travel helps you to come into yourself. Mm. Was that a, a, a kind of a, um, I don't know, a light bulb moment for you getting over there, having to live on your own? being outside of your normal sphere of influence where you became the Travis we know today? Or would, would you say that you knew yourself, you were self-aware, you were... No. Okay, I didn't know myself, yeah. but I knew I had one skill I could bank on, especially being far away from different people, was being friendly, right. cracking jokes, right. making friends fast. Right. Like I think as soon as I hit the ground running when I went to school, it was easy for me to like group up with people and then try to make a tribe mm-hmm. and just connect with different people. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, and by extension, yes, that is the same thing as you learn different cultures, uh, you get out of your box, you go exploring more because you're moving with different people. So I think that seed of a skill helped me to explore a lot, but I still wouldn't say I knew myself. Right. Like back, like how I could look at it now, I was like, oh, that is a skill that I use to kind of navigate right. through it. But I was never not confident that, okay, if you put me in a particular situation or a particular place, I'll probably crack a joke to ease yep. it and then kind of yep. move from there. Yeah. 
Did you deal with insecurities as a as a? As oh a, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. I was like huge. Over, I was probably the same weight in high school, right? Than I was back then. So that was a big thing. Uh, and then, um, and yeah, just the two sides of the coin of okay, you're the the funny guy. Uh, that could kind of lead to like okay, wanting to please people or always wanting to be pleased. Uh, Make to always be like funny or whatever, like right? That. Right, uh, and then that was an insecurity when that didn't always click because you had different people with different sex jocks, nerds. I was never a jock, I was never a nerd. I was kind of like in, that, <laughs> in between that middle American yes. pie type yes. group of people, yes. so yes, um, so yeah, definitely insecurities again, the awareness of those self uh, insecurities. Mm, not necessarily back then, right? But now looking back, I see that was more of a strength in terms of like that individuality that I own now in terms of like, okay, just because I'm not cool doesn't mean I won't survive. Right. You know? Right. Like, uh, to a degree. Yeah. 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 <sighs> introvert or extrovert? I would say introverted. Yeah. Uh, people would say extroverted. Right. Uh, I would say introverted from an energy perspective because like, I could play the role, I could do what I need to do, but like I would prefer right. to just be in my thoughts and just think all day yep. and quiet uh, yep. as much as possible. But I mean, I'll, 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 I'll do that. And maybe that's changed over the last two or three years um, where I realized more of the value of just having that seclusion. Not to be like a hermit, but like to be like, okay, it's okay to be right. by yourself and right. to do these things. I think so. I think I lean more on the introvert side, but maybe ambivert if you want to use the yeah. super technical term. Is, is that what about. it's called? Ambivert? Yeah, that's what, that's what they call yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think so too. I've often... You know, people, if I ever tell anyone now that I'm an introvert, people say, nah, not, mm. not you. Mm. Um, but but my, my absolute preference is, is, is solo. You know, I think um, the, the reason I, I might come across as this ambivert or extrovert now is because I just realized that there's very little opportunity in, 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 right. in absolute introversion. Right, 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 right. right? right. And like the so, money doesn't come if you still like, yeah, yeah. You, you, you can't make money as yeah, an yeah, absolute yeah, introvert. Yeah, yeah, and if yeah. you are, while, you know, I still have tremendous uh, uh, shyness around meeting new people mm, and speaking mm, publicly and things mm, of the sort, um, I realize that this is something I need to overcome mm, to, 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 to reach my life's ambition. Right. And it doesn't, it never stops. Like people yeah. think. Yeah, for sure. Like you think about that all, you always get mm -hmm. stage fright. No matter mm -hmm. if you have the skills to do it, you for like, sure. okay, what's the people in the room? Yep. All that vibe. Yeah. You definitely yep. get that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So you did four years Tampa? Four years in Tampa, old school, and then I worked for another three years there. in advertising and, and marketing. Okay. Uh, in, Tell in us area. about that. What uh, was, what was the range of your experience there? Um, so I think towards the end of the school year, that's when I did my first internship. It was actually at like a human resources software as a service IT company, mm -hmm. super enterprise. And again, the school I went to is like a business school market. Like they're very big on Microsoft right. and, and all that stuff. But after graduation, mm -hmm. uh, you know, where, and where I think we're all guilty at this particular point of it in terms of like having expectations of what life will be like after school, mm -hmm. like you get a job right away and all that stuff. Isn't necessarily so, especially it was more difficult being um, international mm -hmm. where you needed like the proper paperwork and all that stuff. Luckily with the school or with most schools, uh, depending on what your degree is, you get this thing called OPT, which is optional, op optimal or optional practical training. Okay. Where the school kind of gives you a work visa mm. for a period of time uh, to work. And so you use that. So I used that, uh, but it still wasn't easy. So like I didn't really find anything um, 
right after college. Mm-hmm. Came back home that summer, uh, worked with my cousin Vaughn on, in, a, in a tech company, but it was more hardware than software. Okay. But I was still on that pit, like that hunt trying to find something. Yeah. Um, my, I think my, uh, my authorization was processing during the time, so I was still killing that time. Right. Uh, doing phone interviews and all that stuff, trying to set up going back. Nothing really concrete set in stone. And, like, and why was the ambition to go back? Why not say, all right, I'm back. Let's... Well, I was... I wouldn't say it wasn't an ambition not to go back. It's just I was hitting the pavement here too, but no, nobody was So wherever was doing, something broke would have worked for you. Yeah, where, any, where okay. anything would broke would have worked for me. Like, there was no one who... At that time, I was super... I wanted to stay on the coding side of things. Right. Uh, and nobody was really... And you're training in MIS. Right. Provided coding yeah. training. Okay. So, like, it gives you a broad range. So, you could go different paths. You could stay, uh, you get interest, uh, you introduce the application development, database uh-huh. design, full systems design. That's kind of like a marriage of all those things. Right. And so, give me, give me practical examples of all of those. So, coding, right. you produce applications for apps. Uh, yeah, web apps, applications. You just learn the programming language and you build something uh, in a case study for whatever. Database design is more of that uh, back-end uh, uh, development of it where it processes the data. Uh-huh. Uh, business analytics uh, is just taking that data, using statistics to get you know, reporting, analytics, something useful for the, for, the, uh, for the organization, all those different things. So we right. got exposure to all those things. I, I thought coding was magic, right. so I stuck the, the coding side. And you saw the business aspect of that as well you saw no i just at that point it was like i like coding this is cool i put a couple words on the screen something happens it's like yeah i don't this is a skill i didn't want to lose so i stuck that route right and luckily with the internship i thought i got that plus the full range of what i learned in school yeah being with that hr company i started as a technical writer where i was just documenting what the code does and then i learned how to right back and forth these applications to right. these things. Right. Uh so after that came back, I mean came flew back to Tampa, hit the pavement again, had like a few a lot like I wanna say maybe twenty, thirty interviews lined up. Uh-huh. Uh probably had an interview for I mean well two twenty, thirty interests. Probably had half of those interviews lined up. Still no car, sleeping on my friend's couch. Okay. Hitting, like, uh, trying to learn the bus system to go to these things. But right. little to none bit because the conversation started good. And again, good. back in Tampa. Back in Tampa. Yeah. Conversation started good uh, until they found out I was international. And right. that, that usually means that they have to do additional paperwork yeah. and extra costs. Yeah. And little of them knew that. I had, like, an OPT uh, to work. Right. But they just wasn't prepared to go down that route, mm-hmm. I guess, because they needed to hire somebody mm-hmm. fast or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until the I interviewed with a company called Spark uh, in Tampa where um, the founders of the company didn't care about that. I mean, they, when I, they did the four-hour interview, uh, they got the job called me into the office to put me in QuickBooks, and then they asked me, like, oh, so are you American or not? I was like, <laughs> well, let me just get my stuff. Let right, me right, right. Up. And then they didn't care. And that, they, that was the first, like, big uh, And this company live. did what? Uh, full-service advertising. But they specialize really on the branding side of things. So they work with 
different brands like Sweet Bay, um, Visit Tampa Bay, right. um, to do all around video production, social media, we had the a whole studios team, we had a creative team, which I was a part of, and I kind of tethered between that and the strategy team. Uh, and then you have like accounts and then you had like, you know, just the creative directors. So, the so you, to a degree, you were fish out of water because this, while you were on the technical side, uh, mm. coding, right. HTML, right. this was a realm of stuff you hadn't touched before. Correct. But to a degree, I was forced to touch it because even in that period of time where I was hitting the pavement trying to find a job, that's what took me from wanting to be with the enterprise mm -hmm. more to being on the solo side of me um, in terms of open source programming. Right. Because there was a world of programming that you didn't have to buy a Microsoft suite right. to learn. It's right. just people publish their code online. Amazon apps. Right. And that yeah. was growing in that time too. So yeah. all those time, uh, during that time, I was trying to find jobs to work with. Mm -hmm. The downtime, I was practicing coding, nice. and like every job that I got, and I did an interview, and they asked me something I didn't know, I would take that, learn yeah. how to, to code, and by that time, I got to that last job, I, I had a, at least a high-level overview of how to answer certain questions, and right. then kind of work from there. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, at this company, you do marketing. Mm. This company does full-suite marketing. Let, mm. let's, let's segue into marketing for a bit and talk about your thoughts on what a brand should look like from a marketing perspective now. And there's so many schools of thought about it. Mm. But let's let's hear. And 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 so I I don't I think um I don't know if venture co-working is the is the is the ideal scenario for a company because mm. it's kinda unique, right? Mm. There are there are uh, physical limitations on how much business you could do mm. based on I I mean you have different models. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's talk about a real estate company, I guess, since that's, that's lowest mm. hanging fruit. What, and again, based on your experience working at this company, mm. what should a brand like ours be doing? Mm. Well, the one thing this company taught me was that brand, at, in essence, is the soul of the company. Mm -hmm. Everything else kind of stems from that. Mm -hmm. Not only marketing, how your culture and values of a company kind of comes from that. Like the, the brand is like that little gelatin a gooey thing with the, the, the gas floating around yeah. it, like yeah. the sole essence of the company. Yeah. Um, and to me, marketing as an extension of that is basically that voice of the brand. Mm -hmm. Like how, if the brand is the personality, like how am I having these conversations with different people or, or in different mediums? Right. Right? Um, and even to extend that goal, you could get really meta down in terms of how you have these conversations on social media, whatever platform you do. But like... Yeah. My company as a brand, what are the values, um, even earlier than what it looks like or mm -hmm. what typeface you, what are the values, what, are, what is the mission, what is the main goal that this thing that we are trying to build is based around, mm -hmm. and then marketing or how we do operations kind of act as the manifestation right. of that particular thing. Right. Um, so for a real estate company, again, it depends on what the values are, but... Um, if, especially you are a real estate company um, that has a niche, mm -hmm. right? Let's say, for example, luxury. Let's say yeah. under 500,000. Right. Is that luxury or is that not No, luxury? that's not luxury. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So if it's under 500,000, uh, a company like that may be more uh, the tone of voice of that, well, uh, 
and you could reverse engineer back and forth. Certainly. So that may be a conversation of somebody that isn't affluent, isn't like, you know, they, right. they have a decent amount of, right. of savings. Somebody you could have a conversation with at a coffee shop and you don't need to go to a fancy right. bar with, yeah. right? Yeah. So if I work backwards, um, I would ask the question of the company, is that a company that, that um, have those same values as well too? Or are you a company that is just... Um, capitalizing on this type of customer mm, uh, segment to right. get to a better place, so you could call yourself a luxury company. Right, right. You right. know what I mean? Like, yeah. do you really care about yeah. the you know the family, the small family? Mm-hmm. The ma- are are you mm-hmm. using that kind of like as a pedestal to get somewhere else? If right. that is the case, then and and that's fine too because brands change and develop over time. Uh, but usually, those stronger brands are the ones that stick closer to what the core values were. Yes, and they act on those core values. Yeah. So. Let's talk about this practically. What you you sit with us and you're doing a brand consultation. Mm. What are you telling us that we should do socially? Mm. Well, it still comes with a lot of conversations about where you want to be, what you want to do socially. You mean social media, or you just mean an interaction with people? Um, I I meant specifically social media, but I'd like to hear and and, and let's let's create a, a hypothetical situation. And right. again, based on what you know about our company as mm. well. Mm. Uh, what do you what are you gonna suggest we do? Uh, so a few questions first. Uh, who's your target audience? Right. Who, who? So we 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 um specialize in in properties under five hundred thousand. Mm, mm. We dabble in properties over five hundred thousand. Mm. Yeah. Do you feel like that target audience spends time on Facebook? Like yes, they, they spend considerable, time, considerable amount of time. What uh-huh. are they doing on Facebook? Are they wasting time on Facebook? Or are they literally find on Facebook to find information about what you're uh, selling? Or are they on Facebook and you're hoping to catch them uh, in a commercial break or something like that? Combination what? of the three. Okay. Combination of the three. Okay. So in that regard of them, uh, it's just catching them where they are, right? Like, yeah. Are you solving a problem for them? Are you providing something that is a different alternative to what they have? If yeah. they really have a dire problem, then they come running at your door for right. a particular thing. Let's right. say they just lost the house or something like that. But um, if they are in the mood of just searching around, if they want to play keeping up with the Joneses and be like, oh, maybe this is a better upgrade than what I have before, right. then all that, you could have the same photo for each of those things, but maybe the caption may be different or mm. maybe the service offering may be mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. or the solution that you provide may be different. Mm-hmm. So even though you might have that target audience there, they're in different moods and they're in different states. Not right. only having different conversations, then the medium that you have on there are, are different. So like if it's under 500,000, somebody's looking for an upgrade, they probably watch HGTV, mm-hmm. they probably have a Pinterest board that mm-hmm. they're doing like an inspiration on, on either side. Uh, you need to catch them or have the conversation where they're at in terms of, hey, you know, this is a combination of those things right. that you dream about. Maybe let's have a conversation. If they're on Facebook wondering, I, shit, I just lost my home. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do. I have some savings. I don't want to break the bank. Right. Uh, boom. Here's a listing of what we have that could be in your price range that fit the family that you need. Different yeah. conversations yeah. for the same yeah. uh, uh, purpose. Right. What platforms? What platforms are are you thinking of generally? Mm. And what platforms would you suggest a company like ours? Mm. Um, yeah. Any platform where most of the conversation is happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's on a general perspective for real estate. I mean, it's still visual at the right. end of the day. Right. So any uh, medium that uh, facilitate facilitates visual. Uh, 
um, access to yes. what you provide, yes. definitely do it. LinkedIn may be good to, um, to network and deal with other realtors, not necessarily for the customers or where, you, where you're at. Okay. Uh, unless you might, unless you go over that tier of 500000 where you have the creme de la creme mm-hmm. who spend a lot of time mm-hmm. on this and then they're also getting their information from that. Uh, but outside of that, uh, people on Instagram that you know they're probably building a collection right. and they're looking at right. different houses and right. they follow different things and they're yep. building their dream house a conversation like that facebook it, it could uh, be either or it could be just photos and visuals or it could be articles and blogs about owning a home what you need to know about owning a home all that stuff if it's pinterest it's definitely like a, a mood board a wish right. list all those things and that may or may not be tied to Amazon if you look at it as a social uh, network in terms of getting mm. furnishings and mm-hmm. how to buy those mm-hmm. things and not only to also use that as a visual board but to compare prices right and to see right. what better deals that we could get which is also a scary thing in real estate too because there's so much things that go with just the house once you yep, get the house for sure you got to fill the house for sure what am I putting in the house yep. inside the house is yep. important as that maybe even landscaping to a right, degree right, right, it's a component right. of it's like a big nest of different things that you could play in and certainly uh, and it just depends on where that person may be on their to-do list and again where you as a brand as a company could uh, serve them is to catch them where they're at to make the process as easy for them as possible. Because right. at the end of the day, no matter what industry it is, users don't want to spend a lot of time and burn a lot of mental calories sure. trying to figure out stuff. Sure. So the person that could kind of ease that for them is the person who uh, would be more viable uh, to them at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how big on video? What, what, what is your thought on video for, for that brand? Mm. I'll say it like this. I'll, I'll go a higher level and not just say the video or any other medium. I look at everything because of programming and managing information systems mm-hmm. as information, right? Right. How fast can the information I require get to me? So you could have somebody do a beautiful lit video mm-hmm. um, that is 30 minutes long. But if you don't tell me what I know or draw me in the first 30 seconds to a minute, it makes no sense. Right. Regardless of how great the video is, right. how much production value you put in the video. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. And again, that, that urgency of information is really more on timing mm-hmm. than anything versus what the medium is. Right? Right. They, Con- context. Context. So again, you, you have this data, these data saying, well, you know, uh, video means 30% or 40% more engagement. Right. It's still very vague because what, where are you testing that from or what context is that right. uh, related in? Right. I think at the end of the day, regardless if your eyes are open or closed, information needs to get to the brain. If it's something like, wow, okay, I need this right now, I think that's the most important thing you focus on. Yep. And then the medium kind of follows suit after mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about what you're doing here. Mm-hmm. So... So we ended where you were working with this company. You spent how long there? Uh, three years. Two and a half, three years. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, living your own apartment. Yeah. Well, Ca- my roommate from college, but yeah, okay. yeah my own apartment. Yeah, Ca- yeah, yeah. Catching a bus or you got a car? Well, I started catching the bus and then I ended up doing like a hybrid system where I had a bike. Okay. This is pre-Uber. Yeah, yeah. So like I had a bike, ride to certain locations, park on the bus and do that. But where we eventually ended up for work and home. It was just a straight shot uh, from the island to, right. to the bus. But yeah, worked there for a while. 
Um, and what we're doing here kind of ties into that story as well, too, because while yeah. I was hitting the pavement, um, trying to figure out what I was doing, uh -huh. I, I got involved in this co-working space that they had in Tampa Bay uh, called um, uh, the Tampa Bay Wave. Okay. Right? So, again, hitting the pavement, oh, man, I, I, don't wanna, I don't feel like going back home. Let me go around town for a second. At the right. edge of town, I saw this thing called co-working. I was like, okay, what is this? I, uh -huh. I don't want to go to the coffee shop. I'm tired of spending money on Indigo Coffee. Got coffee, went there, and I just saw this group of entrepreneurs just in, like, no holes bar, like a bunch of pirates. Yep. Everybody just trying to figure it out. So I just found my little corner of the universe just to open up the laptop and then... Over time, started talking and networking with people. You had someone who's doing accounting, somebody who's doing, you know, who are also programmers, somebody mm -hmm. who like just did business, and these conversations were happening organically. Yep. And slowly from there, started getting invited to networking events and realizing Tampa was way bigger than, you know, the bubble that I was in right, trying to right, figure out life. Right, and right. and like going back on before, once I got in that group of people, I just started being friendly. And just really taking advantage of those opportunities. And that was something that always stuck with me. So when it was time for me to hop on the plane and get back home, one of the things I was going to miss the most was that community right. and that networking. So from there, we start, uh, I was like, I was in the kitchen with a few friends. And we always have these conversations about high-level, low-level stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what if we just open this up one, like, one day at a coffee shop? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we did it, made the Facebook event. Uh, and then that was the first meetup that we had. And then we did that over how many people time. Come, how many people came? Oh, like five. Yeah. Five, five people. Okay. Three of them friends. Like, because what they platform did you use to... Facebook. Facebook event. Okay. So I just did the Facebook event. And from that, one person that nobody knew came to the event. And like the, one of the first things he said is, I didn't know anything like this existed. Right, right. And right, we have right. a good conversation. Uh, and then from there, it started growing a little bit more. And then we did uh, these things called Pitch Nights. Nice. Where, again, taken from the same textbook of the startup community is you have an idea... You pitch it no matter what it was. And we did this thing called a community pot. So yep. whatever amount of money you wanted to put in, you put in the pot, the best pitch of the night. Uh, got it. Got it. And then like I would front uh, some cash to get pizza and some drinks. And right. then it was a good time. And that, that grew from there. Yeah. Uh, and then it, we, call, we eventually called it Shift the Culture, where it's just this community of entrepreneurs and creatives, just like not only for networking, but realizing it's not easy going it solo here at all. Absolutely. But it was good to know that there was a support system in the community growing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and that kind of grew from there. Um, transition a little bit to where we are in the space right now, venture co-working. Yeah. Uh, uh, we had the opportunities to, to... Now, that's a big jump. You didn't come back from Tampa. You didn't... Let's, let's... Well, that's three to five years. Okay. So okay. In, in, the, in that three to five years, fast forward, we did bigger pitch nights, bigger events. Uh, one of the biggest things that we did in that in that period of time was Starter Island. I don't know if you heard of that or familiar with that. Oh, okay, okay. Because because it almost sounded for a second like you said you started an island. Oh no 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 no. no. That's, <laughs> that's a little culty. No, that's a little culty. No no no. But it's Starter Island. So Starter okay. Island was based off a startup competition I did in the states before. It was called Startup Bus. Uh huh. Where. Different entrepreneurs from different uh, parts of the U.S. Right. hopped on a bus, and they had three days to build a product um, leading up to South by Southwest in Texas. Okay. So Tell me about this. I've been, I've yeah. been hearing about it. Don't, don't South by Southwest? Yes. So it's just a big uh, festival. It's like a... A lot of talks. What is it yeah. like? So is you it have, like Comic-Con for businesses? You could say that, yeah, to a degree. So it's, it's three main 
uh, uh, sections. Uh -huh. You have the technology, which is which also in, includes business. Right. You have film, which is just like more the independent upcoming films, kind of like a Sundance okay. thing. Okay. Yeah. And then you have music, so a lot of the up and coming artists. Nice. Um, like performing at this in this happening place, simultaneously Austin, or one day. So bop, they kind of stream into each other. So the business section with the talks and all the presentations happen first, and then movies start like one or one or two days in, and then. Uh, Music starts at the end. Okay. So it's like a 10-day right. in total event. Right. Um, but it was just the craziest people you meet. I could imagine. Uh, like, I met the founder of Foursquare. I don't remember you remember that. Yeah, Foursquare. Of course, of course. In the elevator by mistake. Uh-huh. Just coming down. And he was just there, and he gave me his card, and he was like, you know, he's asking me where for all that. So it was a nice. great experience. I did that twice. Nice. The second time, met somebody from Google in the advertising uh, department, and I ended up visiting uh, Google in New York. That oh, was crazy. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was, that was a mind-blowing experience. But, like, yeah, it's just a place that you want to s see what's happening next. Right, right, In the world. Right. And it's a, it's a great experience. But anyway, Starter Island was based on that, where it's like, okay, uh, I would really like to do an event like this, but we can't really do it on a bus because it's only 21 by by seven right. miles. And I met up with business partner Stephen Cartwright, um, and he at that time he was uh, doing charters on on this boat. Okay. Uh, and he showed me a tour of the boat, and I was like, "Yo, this could possibly work." So at the at the end of it all, we raised some funds to get some sponsorship. And and the idea was what? What would was five days? Yeah. From Nassau to Exuma and back, build the idea. On this boat, um, along with you having this kind of roadmap of building this idea, right? We baking like challenges along the way in yep. terms of like diving for conch yep. or like yep. or whatever. Yep. Yep. So making it a good experience, yep. but then also doing that. At the end of the uh, the trip, uh -huh. we went to Green Parrot, and then we pitched in front of like business people in front of audience nice. and from that. Nice. Uh, so yeah, so that happened, uh, and we did that two or three times. Wow. The first time we did it on the boat. Uh, but the second time, we did it in a Luthra, working with one of Luthra Foundation. And then the third time, we did it locally against awesome. all the shit. Yeah, so, awesome. How recent was the last? The last one was in 2016. So we haven't done it in a while. But we still use a lot of the fundamentals, right. like the business development and consulting mm -hmm. that we do otherwise. Right. But anyway, that happened. Uh, one thing led to us securing a space to do some co-working. Like, say, okay, this work. We're actually in a space around the corner. Okay. A uh, small space in Dugar Plaza. Didn't really pop off like that. So we put it on the shelf, focus on other business ventures. Right. Team Thought and Method, um, which is the agency, me, Tony, and Sasha, business mm -hmm. partners. Um, and then these guys opened up around the space. And uh, and at that time, we weren't actively doing shift the culture stuff, but we wanted a home to do it. Uh, and it ended up... Uh, us working with these guys, seeing how we're saying, okay, we'll we'll do shift the culture events here, and then we'll kind of cross promote, and eventually it won't get too much into detail, but it ended up uh, giving us an opportunity to kind of manage the space nice. as well too, and we use this kind of as the anchor for a lot of our activities, right? As well as the business stuff, especially with the start uh, small business development center. That Let, let's with. we I, I want to hear this part of the story where you come back to Nassau. So what what happens with your work there at Spark? Uh, okay, so here's the thing, and back to you saying, so uh, it goes back to, I didn't necessarily want to end up being an entrepreneur. Okay. That was a, that was a big keynote because in a perfect world, I probably would have been back at Spark because my temporary visa was up, the extension of it was right, up. Right, right, right. But 
I would put in a bid for my uh, H-1B, which is the work visa to work there, but mm-hmm. it's still a lottery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't get the lottery. But in that time, I still had to come back home. So I was working remote for them for a while. Right. Uh, it turned out uh, that I wasn't going back, but they still were uh, showing me how to run a business mm-hmm. at the same time, or like I was at least learning more responsibilities of like time tracking and, and all that good jazz. Right. Um, but when it turned out I wasn't going back, I, they essentially became my first client. So Coding or doing what? Programming. Programming, Programming, a little bit of brand development, primarily coding. Okay. And then from there, a lot of other agencies that I knew in the area that I didn't really um, engage with because I was fully with Spark, they started giving me projects, and then I started building my portfolio from there, and then it started balancing off with work over here. Okay. And it kind of evened out on the next side, and then, yeah, just started uh, the consulting. So you come back to Nassau. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, do you miss living living in Tampa? I miss, not necessarily. I'm homesick. I miss the people. Okay. I definitely miss the people in the community of Tampa. And if it, if I was still over there, it would have been vice versa. Because right. I think the people kind of make the place. Certainly. Um, and I don't know if you're tethering on this. People always talk about well, at least people in my set. Uh, about that brain drain or like yeah, wanting yeah, to go yeah, a different yeah. location. I firmly believe no no kind of pixie dust thing is that you should be able to make a life wherever you are. Not yeah. necessarily saying anything to somebody else because yeah. me myself have benefited from the opportunities of being in a different location. Mm-hmm. But I think when you get to the point where, which a lot of people aren't, get confident um, and to a degree, I still am not because I'm still learning right. the skills and what I can do with my skills and the flexibility of the choices and decisions that you have, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you could take anything that doesn't necessarily look shiny at first and make a great opportunity Certainly. out of it. Certainly. Um, and I think by extension of being here and kind of thugging it out over the last five years, mm-hmm. now we're starting to see the fruition of a lot of things just from playing the long game. Are we where we want to be at? Hell no. Right. Um, and I read a book one time on startup communities, especially to what had one quote that stuck up with me is that to do anything like this is like it's a 20 year game so right. to even expect anything less than that yeah. just don't just yeah. just write it off yeah. right yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think we're at that uh, we as a as a unified kind of wavelength want to see things happen as fast as possible mm-hmm. uh, and it may happen as fast as possible but don't bank on that and it's okay if it doesn't I think right. people get frustrated and they hit this wall um, because things don't happen right away or things don't um, do it the way. And I, I've been, a, I've been uh, prone to that too, mm-hmm. but I've learned if I stick it out a little bit longer, usually something will happen. And then you'll fall again and then you'll rise. Push off. But I think regardless of what happens high and low, you gain a lot of experience and you learn how to develop skills in a different way. And you always have that in your toolkit, no yeah. matter what your title is. Absolutely. I'm way over skills versus titles. Absolutely. So, so now you're operating a space called Venture Coworking, mm-hmm. one of the first, which is a kind of a new dynamic in uh, uh, Bohemian businesses, mm-hmm. um, where as opposed to, tell, tell us about it. Tell us, tell us about mm-hmm. Venture Coworking. So Venture Coworking, we'll say, is a, is a, is a spaces, tools, and resources for entrepreneurs. Um, we like this to kind of be... A ecosystem and an environment that obviously doesn't operate that operates differently than 
a normal office space or a workspace. First and foremost, everybody is in with the same company. You have a lot of different businesses, not only like kind of stationed in the space, but mm-hmm. that move through the space in and out frequently. Right. Um, and that that dynamic gives you a lot of exposure to a lot of uh, uh, possibilities without having ego getting too involved in terms of hierarchy of being right. this one company. Because no, everybody at the end of the day is competing against themselves to build something. Certainly. And, but, and you're doing that together versus yeah. feel like you're doing that alone. Yeah. Especially when you look at the bigger um, realm of things where like either you're at a nine to five or primarily people are at a nine to five um, and they have this idea, which is a side gig, mm-hmm. but not a lot of people are fully entrepreneurs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for whatever reason it may be because I mean the, the environment itself doesn't really lend to that it, the ease of doing business is ridiculous yeah. but hopefully when we talk about the tools and resources venture co-working is a space that also wants to limit that as much as possible right. even if it's just from a shared knowledge perspective right. so outside of the spaces that we have we have these tools what I would call like the conference room and the meeting room that allow you to kind of maximize the opportunities of what you do in your business outside of what what you could do, possibly do at a coffee shop or at a meeting right. space. But we also have like intellectual property, like the podcast, mm-hmm. like the you know the our archive of resources that we built up over time. Right. Um, even to a degree of having a conversation, having these readily readily available for you to use. But what it ultimately leads up to is that what. It may take you six months for you to figure out on yourself. You could find out in uh, a few days or a week or two. Right. And that, by extension, speeds up that process. And what that does, by extension, is help individuals with their confidence of saying, I could do this. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I think even if you have a great idea, it's still a lot of noise in terms of what do I do? Is Am I doing this? Does this make sense? Mm-hmm. So from Jump, we just want this to be ahead. We want Venture to provide a headspace for possibilities. Um, for people to, to really discover what they want to do over a period of time yeah. and then have these conversations in the space. Yeah. Let's talk for a moment about the pros and cons of a co-working space. Mm. Oh, yeah. So pros, let me start with the cons. I mean, again, everybody's individual. They're, everybody kind of has their own hierarchy in how they do things, uh, which is a pro to a, de- to a degree, too. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, you just don't have that manpower as if you were a 30-person company, by extension. Uh, the space in general here is limited. Uh, and then it's still a lot of personal skills one has to develop to really maximize the opportunities or, or, or to do in the space, right? right? So, like, for example, if I need to get work done today, I can't be fully open to all the traffic right. in the space because right. it's just a lot of things going on. Yeah. If you're aware of that, then you could kind of combat that. Most people may just go into space and think they're productive, but not them. But that's the same thing with a coffee shop mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. working in your home in pajamas. Mm-hmm. The difference is, is how do we educate you on that awareness mm-hmm. so you know how to navigate with that in, in your own life to be successful. Uh, outside of that, I think another con, I probably that's probably the... I'll think about the cons. There's a lot of pros. They spend a lot of time with the pros. But like pros is just that shared knowledge, that networking, yeah, the definitely. resources that you wouldn't have yeah. like normally have access to. The, the capital intensity, I think, is a, is a, was a big one mm. uh, for, for, for a number of companies. You mm. know, our, you know when, when you and I met, I told you that our company, I think we see a bit of a paradigm shift in real estate mm. um, where 
where you know it's, it's all about convenience mm. and when we were talking earlier about value proposition I was thinking about you know for the most part generally speaking any realtor can show you a home right mm. uh, uh, the the showing of a home is not a you know it's, it's not a it's not an intellectual property mm. right there, mm. there's a bathroom there's a house a square footage this blah 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 mm. what makes a company or a real estate company unique is their negotiation their ability to get the deal done their ability to put all of the resources you're going to need for the home purchase in, in one shop, mm. but also the added conveniences. Right. And so when we thought about uh, this move for us as opposed to one big space with a conference room, multiple offices, blah, 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 we thought about convenience and where, where the market is going. And so we see our space here, Adventure Coworking, as as the first of three spaces, one central, mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. represents the central, mm -hmm. one west and one east, where if an agent uh, needed to operate out of home, needed to operate in some form of business, mm -hmm. um, they could do that at a convenient, uh, convenient mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. And more specifically, the client who we are looking to find ways that make it easier for them to do business with us mm. that they could say, oh, well, I'm east already. Mm. I'm west already. Mm. You don't have to come on the next side of the island right. to meet me. Right. Meet, meet you where you are. Perfect. And like that is where we've learned over time of taking over the space is that that's where we need to be in the conversation. Right. So venture isn't a build it and they will come. It's how does venture and whatever we provide fit in the story of you and what you need. Right. Like, and that's, in that regard, venture isn't only a space, it's a resource that you could use depending on where you need for what you need. Certainly. So, and that's being said, thinking about another con is the, the long tail education of that for mm. what that means for entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Because, you don't, it isn't something you just don't get unless you live in the space and then unless you look at the space in that perspective of how it could be beneficial for you. So right. when we, have somebody come in, they ask about the space, they'll be like, okay, cool, but what we really need is to spend that time to figure out what are you trying to achieve and yep. how could venture be a part of that story for you. So right. I think that's where we're at right now. So I think a, a yeah. challenge more so for us is how do we kind of compress that where it's understandable that this fits in kind of a, a roadmap of what you want. Mm -hmm. But the bigger mission in general is that a lot of people don't know what their roadmap is. Right. And, or at least they have the bits and pieces but they need to kind of line it up in a particular order for things to get done and executed. Yeah. I want to run this scenario just so people could have a real picture of this. Mm. And, 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 you know, maybe we'll get into some of the companies that are operating out of here. Mm. But, you know, you think about our company and, and a company we just had on the show, KLK Consulting, mm. who operates from here as well. Um, and the cost that they would have had to come up with up front mm -hmm. if they wanted an independent space mm -hmm. and the resources that are here. Mm. So we think about a rental. We're talking at minimum 1500 in this area, mm -hmm. right, if they mm -hmm. wanted their independent space. Mm -hmm. Obviously, because you have renovated this space, you know what those costs could get up to. Mm -hmm. But think about KLK's office now, mm -hmm. conference room, mm -hmm. bathroom, mm -hmm. kitchen, small conference room. Mm -hmm. Uh, reception area. Mm -hmm. was, was, was your take? So they're already $4,500 in. For, then we did got to talk about the Wi-Fi setup if they did that as well. Yeah. So just regular coffee. And so throw out the numbers. So we Printing. Yeah. Uh, that could easily run, uh, let's say, a startup just getting yeah. in. Maybe six, seven to get in. 
Yeah. And that is in the other stuff that you have to pay in terms of business license and corporation. Right. So we up to 10 already. Stuff. Yeah, we have to 10. Yeah. Easy 10. Uh, yeah. If you have to pay, if you have staff or even just for resources that you do for your digital subscriptions and stuff right. like that. Like thinking about it now, it could easily get like to nine and yeah. 10. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's what you make of it because as I see in KLK or any other companies in the space prior to, as I've seen them organically use these spaces as they look at it, right? Right. So this conference room isn't just a conference room for either of you guys. You could pull it apart the desk and make yeah. it a workshop or yeah. make it, uh, you yeah. know, or do a presentation on the screen. Right. Or if you just have a one-on-one with a client where that meeting space feels more intimate, that's where you could kind of wrestle with those negotiations and, the, yeah. and those proposals. Um, even if it's just a space where you need your clients to wait or to network with other people, right. get information for the other businesses in there with the billboard or the cards. Yeah. Like all of those things happen and we want to put yeah. that kind of in a line for you to really maximize it. So, and I think by extension is kind of how I look at the, the, the world in general is that imagination and that perspective. And we just provide the space for you to kind of fill that cup with what you want to do. And then we learn from y'all as well too. Right. So we see you guys do it in Van and Aaron. It's like, oh, word, that could work that way. Right, right, Like, right. I guess it, before we went in there, it was like a T-shaped kind of format with the desk. I was right. like, oh shit, I never, I never <laughs> saw, like, saw it like that. And we learn yeah. and we grow over time. Yeah. And that experience helps us to move faster and faster for the next client. So it was like a, it's a working relationship between both people. Certainly, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so definitely the, the capital intensity of an independent space uh, pales in comparison to what you'd spend here. Again, you know, Venture Coworking, I think they have a range of, or had, I think you're fully occupied at the moment? Yes, correct. Yeah. yeah. Any vacancies coming up anytime soon? Uh, we may have one person moving out soon. And again, that's the nature of the business as well, yeah, too. Yeah, for sure. So like, and we built Venture Coworking as a space where we don't... And, we don't intend for anybody to stay there the whole time. Right. If we're doing our job right, growth happens. You need to get in yeah. a bigger space. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but even if you're outside of that space, you're still a part of that community. You're mm-hmm. still somebody we network with who could still use the resources of the spaces. Like you, you might get another conference room where you had, but if you need overflow, you're always right. here. Right. The people that network in the space always get an access to that information, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. if it's like a focus group or just to test an audience mm-hmm. or just a networking event. Right. Th- this, what we are doing here, and by extension, Shift the Culture, we're, we're slowly building that bubble of a community for people to get the benefits up without necessarily physically having to be in the space. And right. that's a long game. Right, that's right, right. a long, right. long, long game. For sure. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had we were on a we were on a thought. We digress briefly. Mm. Um, so we were talking about we were talking about capital intensity. Yes. Then we went on to oh yeah. So a range of seven seven by tens and ten by tens. Yeah. So ten by tens, six fifty a month. Seven by tens, five fifty a month. Right. And then uh, we usually rent out the conference room and the meeting rooms on an hourly rate. Right. Sixty an hour and twenty five an hour. Right. Those are like the more frequent uh, rotations, and yeah. we have monthly membership. As well, too, uh, which gives you the benefits of the space and those uh, discounted rates on different things. Right. So we're still we're still crafting what that looks, but like we wanted to make it as flexible and accessible to different people at different uh, levels. Right. Let's talk briefly about your 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 new promotion that I see you put up the board for power ups. Yeah. Yeah. So power ups uh, is our attempt to solve the problem of getting clarity 
or knowing what step you need to do next for entrepreneurs. Uh, how internally we kind of have this system of how we have different levels of entrepreneurships. Mm -hmm. We have four levels. Uh, kind of that first level is like side giggers and entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs that may be still in a nine to five, but has, has this idea that they need to get out. A level two may be somebody who's done that jump, been in it for like zero to three years. Level three, mm -hmm. five to seven years, probably grew a little bit more and needs to figure out how to get more efficient. Mm -hmm. And then a level four that has all these big components in it, but maybe needs a little bit more strate strategic push. Right or knowing what to do next or how to capitalize on what they have already. Power-ups are just as designed to have a conversation with those uh, individuals. And we have these cards to kind of visualize what that process may be, mm -hmm. but ask questions that in particular components to understand what tools and resources they may need at particular levels. And that is pulling from our database uh, or repository of resources that we built over time, right. but also puts it in the context of how they could use the space um, given where they are in that particular path. So level one, uh, who is still very much dedicated to nine to five, uh, they can have, they can still get the benefits of having access to the space for general membership. Mm -hmm. Or if they have an event to launch something, they can definitely use the conference room or the meeting room. Right. Or level two, they may be in the, 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 the market by having their own dedicated office space. We provide that. A level three, maybe more pitches and presentations and sales, training. Uh, and then level four, maybe like if you're doing hires, focus groups, hiring, right. negotiation. And so the, the, the power-up promotion is a consultation that may result in Space, spaces and Correct. rental here. Correct. Right. But, so it's predominantly uh, a consultation. Yeah, but ultimately it gives it, it visualizes something that probably may not be visual before because most of the people that we talk to, um, at least when we did the beta test for the power-ups, mm -hmm. uh, I think their first reaction of it would be like, okay, this wasn't lined out for me before. Right. There's a lot of ideas floating in the head. We kind of outline those ideas. Uh -huh. And even if you decide not to go with us, at least you walk away with some clarity or what may or may not be the next step for you. And for us, that adds value, which adds to the community in general. Right. Regardless of you being in the space or not. Right, right. Um, you know, I'd like to challenge you, put you on the spot. Go ahead. Um, Go off. <laughs> I, I am I'm building my audience, and I'd really like to, to, to offer a giveaway. And maybe you could propose or offer a level one consultation to mm. someone who is... <laughs> There's the groan. Uh, someone who is um, uh, dedicated to the nine to five, as you mentioned, mm. but they they have already put some of the ducks in alignment for their transition to start their business. Okay. Yeah. Would you be willing to do? Oh that? yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, yeah. You got that. Okay. Good. You you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. We'll definitely do that. Yeah. Good. Good. And then we'll also see their response from that too, because again, the beautiful thing about the power-ups is it's also a learning experience for us. Right. So we may hear something we, we never heard before, and then from that interaction, we continue to build on our our resources over that time as well too. And yeah. then we learn from the strategy as that as well too, and then the consultancy kind of builds up over time. Good. So it's a win-win. Good, good, good. Okay. I think we covered a lot of meat. I, I really like the conversation here. Um, uh Tips for someone who, who might be frustrated, mm -hmm. underpaid, mm -hmm. unsure about how to make money alternatively. Okay. Uh, get a notebook. 
Or printer paper could work as well too. Uh, draw a line in the middle, four spots, representing a, a conceptual timeline. Think about yourself from the beginning to where you are right now. Highlight the things that stick out the most, primarily what you think are character strengths that you have, skills, uh, and then match what you kind of brainstorm and put down in the notes with where you want to be, right? And try to see how those align. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing with that frustration is I, I think a lot of people right now, with all the noise out there, um, and without knowledge of the tools that we have out there, especially as basic as just pen and paper, is to sit down with your thoughts and try to map out yourself or audit yourself. Right. We call it an audit. Right. Right. Um, and I think it would be just like if you're building a, a building or you're working on some code, it'll be ill-advised to try to build something without knowing the clay, the mm -hmm. bricks mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and you may say, okay, that may be a waste of time. I don't see the benefit of it. For me personally, I've seen things that stuck out to me in my childhood mm. that definitely helped me where I am right now, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, like, again, even with computer being the primary um, computer systems being the primary thing for me, I see everything as a system now. Communication right. being a system, right. personal habits being a system. But if I look back on where I was in elementary, high school, I've seen different components of what I was really interested and passionate about, whether that may be video games or card games, that inform what I do today. Mm -hmm. Like we used to build Pokemon cards, Yu-Gi-Oh decks, but now we go from building pitch decks, right? right? It's the same yeah. it's the same premise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that perspective has helped me a lot. Or like being using humor as a tool when I was younger, using that as a tool yeah. and programming and marketing today. So, um, but I wouldn't have gotten to that point or realized that I had these strengths and weaknesses if I didn't spend a gross amount of time with myself outlining these things and brainstorming. Right. And again, it does, it has to, it, the beautiful thing about writing, it doesn't have to go in a line. Right. Or you shouldn't put it in a line because right. I think that's where people get stuck again. Just let it flow and then see what patterns you can notice. Yeah. And then next, you see these little darts start to become bigger blobs. Right, right. And then something kind of forms out of that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. And so I, I, I've, I've conceptualized, oh, well, I like makeup. And I watch YouTube tutorials all the time. And people mm. always compliment me on my makeup. Mm. Where do we go from there? So uh, if, you're, if you're in that realm, test, try. Uh, and again, a lot of this starts with information of what you think you know or like what is out there. Mm -hmm. Definitely have a, I, I think at any point, or any stage you're at, if you have an idea, get comfortable with having that conversation about that idea. Mm -hmm. Because a big, and we said this in different videos and, and, and interviews and stuff like that. But like, I think one of the biggest uh, disservice that we do to ourselves mm -hmm. is that we think someone will take my idea. Right, right, right. right. Now, that's a, there have been extreme cases. I won't deny that that may or may not have happened, right? But that's still an overarching thing. That's like yep. saying all men are dogs. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? It's yep. like, if you, and if you do that, um, you just disqualify yourself from learning the possibilities of what could come out of that. Yes. Right? So, and that's what we try to do in, in environments and ecosystems like Pitch Nights where we make it comfortable for you to share your idea. Mm -hmm. People usually um, come to, somebody new comes to a Pitch Night and we ask them, oh, are you going to pitch an idea? They say, no, I'll just, I'll, just, I'll just sit back and right. watch. Right? 
And then when they see how we do it, yep. they'll be like, oh, okay, uh, uh, that's I what it is. I'll, right. I'll do it there. Right. We want people to get comfortable with those ideas because as much as you may be scared that someone may, quote unquote, take your idea, which yep. I think at the end of the day, it comes back down to execution. Mm-hmm. Only you could do it the way Absolutely. you do it. Absolutely. You get a treasure trove of people willing and able to just say, oh, did you think about this? Yes. Or what you thought about that? Yes. And again, that shared knowledge that takes you... Uh, either five more steps in the direction that you want or reduces a lot of the frustration that you've been putting on yourself just by keeping it in your head. Yeah. Right? So, again, go into the makeup artist. Talk to other makeup artists. Talk to people who you may be your customers, right? Uh, talk to people who have done it successfully around the world. You don't have to know them. Right. But try to look at those, be observant, ask questions, yeah. and dissect it. Yeah. And then, again, tie that to your skills or the, your strengths that you've seen in your own personal audit. Right. Find out how to marry the two where it's easy for you to execute on it. And then you build something from there. And it's always like a test tube that you always refine. Yeah. You always refine. Yeah. You always yeah. refine. Are you a big believer in free? Yes. Okay. Meetups and pitch nights, free. Right. Because at the end of it, we still get something. They still get something. Right. Um, and free to me now... Uh, Again, free doesn't necessarily mean easy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we always look at efficiency. It's like, okay, what do we do that could always be replicated? What's easy for us to do that fits in our schedule? Right. Um, is it feasible for us to do this free? Right. If it is, why not? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. Well, Travis, I really appreciate your time. Appreciate you sitting with me. Uh, hi, guy. Uh, I can't wait till this launch and see the feedback, and uh, hopefully we could uh, find someone from the listening audience. Again, let, just to repeat it, Travis is willing to offer. And what is the what is this power up? What is it? What does it cost? I saw. Uh, is one fifty basic, two fifty boost? Like yeah. with that consultation, we'll do like a few assignments for you as well too. Right. So the the boot they are basic, they'll get for free. Yeah. 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 So that's that's tremendous value that someone who is and again who's the perfect person for this level one. Uh, somebody who is in a job right now, has a dream, they have this thing uh, that they can't stop thinking about, uh, but they just don't know how to launch it or where to launch it, that's the person that we're looking for at that level one, at that basic package. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so if you're listening to this right now, it depends on when you're hearing this, we might have already found the person. Cool. Yeah, we might have already <laughs> found the person, but yeah. send me an email mm-hmm. at, or, or, or send me a text. I think that's, that's probably easiest. 808-6868. WhatsApp or give me a call. Matt, have you guys found the person yet? I'd like uh, to be considered as the company that consults for this level one offering. It's mm-hmm. a, from, from the numbers I just ran, I think it's about a $350, $400 offering where they're going to give you free consultation on, on, on your business and how to get it launched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Travis, again, thanks for your time. Thank you very much, man. Thank yep. you for being on the show. Yeah. Uh, you've been listening to another episode of the AFL Brand Podcast. Thanks for listening in.